0: No, it's the Creator Spaces Show. Shannon, you're a pretty active Spaces user. Are you on Spaces Daily now?
1: I am on Spaces Daily. So I have a weekday space called Inspiring Conversations, Monday to Friday, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, where we talk about all sorts of topics with one purpose, and that is to inspire people to live the life they love. And so Mondays, often we talk about mindset. We talk about wellness to travel and wine, a whole variety of subjects, but all with the purpose of living the life you love and making your dreams come true.
0: Awesome. Let's jump into it. Okay. Okay. Do you consider yourself a creator?
1: I am a creator.
0: What do you create?
1: So I create writing. I create television and radio programs. Awesome. And I create workshops for people. I create inspiration. (laughs) How's that?
0: I'd say that's pretty good. How long have you been a creator?
1: I've been a creator ever since I was a kid. And I think we all are. We've all been creators since we were children. And I suppose it depends on how we want to look at creator for the purpose of this subject matter. So I'm often asked, what inspired me to do what I do today? And... The answer to that, I go back to my youth, as it so often is with creators. And we can often take that Gossinger thread all the way back to something that we've done, been inspired by in youth. So I was born and raised into a family of broadcasters in the prairies in, in Saskatchewan, Canada. And my family owned, created and founded one of the first independent television stations in Canada in the early days of broadcasting, so that was back in the 50s. Yeah, it was cool. So I was born into the world of broadcasting. So I spent my childhood in the studio, watching live news being produced nightly whenever I could, watching commercials being produced, all sorts of shows, a talent show. Anyway, I was born and raised in that world, and it's something I feel very comfortable. I love to be in and around a television or film studio. I love it and when I first began my career really in earnest was that in communication. I was a public relations consultant in an agency world and that opened up a whole world for me and that is really where I began.
0: I'm curious now because you've had the opportunity to be a creator before the creator economy, before digital creation, the way we look at it today and before the ability to reach such a wide audience through digital really existed. How do you go about building your audience now? and how does that differ from when you started?
1: Online has made life a lot easier, hasn't it, in many respects, although there's pros and cons to everything, so there's drawbacks to it as well. In the early days of PR, I can't tell you how many hours I stood at a fax machine faxing out news releases to media. Cold <laughs> and, email now. <laughs> yeah, and printing off letters to VIPs and to stakeholders, not just journalists, politicians and whatnot. Anytime there was a big Big breaking news from a company. So hours and hours of faxing to printing off letters and querying and mailing and running with a bike, running across the the city, hot deliveries and whatnot. I can't tell you how many hours I did that. And now life is so different. Communication is almost immediate. So it has made a huge difference. Now online with something like spaces, it's been great, especially audio. We can talk to people. I'm talking to you. It's a warm medium. This is where it's different than video. In media, we would say video and television are cold mediums, whereas radio. Or, in the case now of live audio, is a warm medium. What that means is the essence of it is with video and television, there's filters that you get through, and in order to get across any emotion through the camera, you have to really push it. If you've ever been behind the scenes of, let's say, television with anchors and newscasters and whatnot, they put a lot of energy through, more than normal, to get through the filters of a camera, to get that energy to you. But here we are. If you think about how many times you've been in your car and listened to a radio interview, and the intimacy of it, the warmth that you were invited into a very intimate conversation conversation. conversation. And I can talk to you right now. And I don't have to actually be pushing my energy through. In fact, I can get really quiet. And maybe the quieter I am, the more you're going to want to listen and lean into it. So does that make sense?
0: It does. Because if you got quieter, and we were on like live video or television, we would have just lost half the audience.
1: That's right. You got bored immediately, right?
0: But with audio, because you're listening, I guess when you say warm, I think of active because you have to do a little more work to listen to audio than just watching a video.
1: So it's really about the warmth of emotion, I think, is truly the essence of it. In the language that I use, I just feel that here in audio, and I think it's why it's suddenly become popular and it will become even more popular, is this warmth of emotion that we can get across immediately and connect at a very intimate level.
0: Are you building more for audio or video now?
1: At this very moment, I've got my mind set on building for audio at this very minute. I will be doing more in the video space, but right now I am capturing this interest, really hyper popularity of live audio at the moment. So right now I am in the early stages of creating a podcast, leveraging the things that I love and do and how I can be of value to people. I have been experimenting with spaces as to how I want to use it going forward and where I want to put my time and energy but more importantly what people want from me based on what I have to offer. So it's been a really great testing grounds in a way but I truly am enjoying this live audio space.
0: How do you go about monetizing now?
1: That's going to be an interesting question with audio, isn't it? So part of my new journey now is building a lifestyle brand. I can't say anything more about it, really, because I'm still in the early stages of figuring all of that out. My monetization has come in from my speaking. I'm a speaker, and so I get paid to speak. Yeah, and so I'll be building more on that. But if you're doing things right, you can get sponsors, you can get advertisers. That world has changed. But I think with audio, the corporations will be really interested to see how they could leverage and where they're going to put their money. I think maybe perhaps more brands will start putting money into the audio space.
0: What's your North Star metric for success? How do you know you're on the right path?
1: This is a very good question, and this is a topic I talk about a lot, and I like how you put it, the North Star. My North Star is my heart. So I listen to my heart. I strive to listen to my heart. I don't always, but my journey is about listening to my heart, following it, listening to the whispers, finding my own inspiration, and then the courage to act on it. This has been a journey I've been on for a number of years, and to then inspire others to do the same in their own lives, to live the life I love. I am not always successful. That's why I say I strive to do it. I'm human just like everybody else. But my North Star is my heart. And I know that it knows what I truly want to do in my life. And I strive to listen to the wisdom. I know if I am following my heart, I am on my right path. I also know that when I do things and my heart says, no, don't do it, and I do it anyway, often it's leading me (laughs) in a direction perhaps that (laughs) I don't want, and I eventually go back to what I do want. So the heart is like a lie detector. If we listen to our hearts, it will tell us our truth. But the key is to really own it and to have the courage to listen and act
0: on it think at least from my life and from the people I've seen it seems like the hardest part is knowing when it's your heart talking to you in the first place to know when to listen I guess is the way to put it.
1: Our hearts are whispering to us all the time and sometimes we're not even conscious of it. I believe that we always really know what we want. Our hearts know what we want truly, our deepest desires.
0: The old flip a coin trick.
1: The thing is that what's the difference between someone who can listen to their heart and act on it and somebody who doesn't? There are some veils that will fall in front of our hearts or we'll call them creative blocks, let's say. So fear is one of them. Self-doubt is a really big one. Who am I to do this? Who am I to be successful in this space? So self-doubt will become the biggest block between us and being able to make what's in our hearts come to fruition. So fear is one, doubt is the biggest one. There are others, guilt, resentment. So these are emotions that will block our creativity. And this is what I talk about in my keynotes and in my workshops and how you get beyond that.
0: I think it's time for some guest Q&A. First of all, Shannon, thank you so much. And I can't tell you how much I agree with you on the notion of self-doubt. I guess the question I have is, how do you help people differentiate between doubt and then just thinking things through? Like the prudent question, like I have my heart song, I know I want to do it. If I'm doing due diligence, if I'm asking about risks, because if I'm going to put capital next to my heart, I should think those through. So I'd love to get your take on how you help people think about differentiating between doubt and then just the prudent research that needs to be done in order to ensure that following their heart is successful.
1: Well, I think the key when we're having self-doubt, it can be a few things. One, this dream that we have is truly not ours. Because when we start doubting ourselves, we may have dreams that we're working towards because we see people who have lives that we admire and then we start to emulate them. Self-doubt can come up during those times. So one of the very first things I do with people is to say, get clear on what your values are. If you know what your values are, you will feel strong in that area, more capable in that area. So that would be one thing. But the other thing is, strategizing, if you break down your project into bite-sized pieces, it becomes easier to do and you can move beyond the doubt because the doubt can also just be really overwhelmed. But one thing that I find in my experience and with others is when you know that there's something in your heart and you go all in, once you start getting into that strategy stage, you will quickly discover whether it truly is something that's in your heart or if it's a fantasy dream idea that that you have. And then I now know that there's a point where you have to decide whether you're going to continue to do something or not. And you can't manifest everything all at once. It's not possible. Sometimes you have to let something go, you know.
0: Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to leave the audience and listeners with today?
1: I think that we talk a lot about success, business success, life success, money, and whatnot. I would invite people to begin looking at how can I create a meaningful fulfilled life a life of meaning rather than perhaps aiming for success and the reason i say that is because if we're working towards having a meaningful life that has sticking power And how do we do that? Listen to your heart. What does your heart want to do in this life? And to find the courage to listen to that. And when we're following what our heart says, we have a greater chance at having a life that is meaningful and fulfilled. And if it's meaningful and fulfilled, that is success. If we are aiming for success, we may not actually have meaning and fulfillment. So that comes down to how do you define success? And for me, I finally came to my own definition of success, and that is, if I'm following my heart, then that is success to me.
0: So was there like a moment in your life when your mindset shifted and you started following your heart?
1: Yes, it did, actually. In fact, I remember this moment. So it was a number of years ago. I was working in the world of public relations in an agency, and I had what was probably one of the coolest jobs around I was really fortunate at the outside world, looking at my world would say, wow, she has it all. I lived at a great place and I had nice clothes and I was traveling the world and I was hanging out with really cool celebrities and famous people and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, from the outside world looks at that and they say, wow, that's a great life, you have it all. But inside, I didn't feel that way. I was very unhappy, but I didn't know that I was unhappy. I just knew that whatever was happening, I wasn't connecting with it. And I remember I was playing my piano one night and I started thinking, how is it that my fingers know exactly where to go on the piano? Because they're all these just white keys and black keys. How is it that my fingers know exactly where to go to make this music? And how is that connected to creativity? And how is this creativity connected to this way I'm feeling today? That moment led me to read a book. Everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten, something like that. <laughs> which led me to read the book, The Artist's Way. And these two books began to put me on a journey, a spiritual journey of spiritual development. And so that was really the beginning.
0: Now, the last question I'd like to ask, if you could send a tweet back to your start, what would it be?
1: Follow your heart no matter what. No matter what obstacles come in your way, and there will be obstacles, you are worthy of... Creating what we would love to create in this world, whether that is a business, whether it is a creative project like a book or art, or even creating a family. We often forget that we focus on the business aspects, but creating a family is a big part of many people's lives. If I could send a tweet back to myself, I would remind myself, follow my heart no matter what obstacles put in my way. And if I can elaborate, that not every dream that we have is going to come true. It's not possible in time and space. Physically, it's impossible. So some dreams that we have will come to fruition. Some dreams won't. Some dreams will take time. And by dream, let's say it's a creative project. And others will just die and go into the graveyard of ideas. All of it's okay. Not every one of these projects or dreams or creative projects is meant to come to fruition, and it won't, and it shouldn't. So the idea is to focus on if you're harnessing what you really love to do in life and find a way to get paid, then... These are the ways that you can get past those obstacles. So there's an obstacle in the way of one dream happening. Okay, so maybe now it's not the time or maybe it's time for a new dream and let it go and it's okay. But to continue to listen to what your heart is telling you what to do, sometimes your heart is going to go from a whisper to a scream and the key is to find that courage to listen to it and then act on it and continue to do so time and time again.